This is Live to Lead Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. Inspiring leaders want to break the excellence barrier by reaching greater heights. They are ready to unlock higher performance by expanding their horizons to capture sustained, desirable outcomes for both business and life application. But there's a problem. Many leaders today are tapped out, immobilized, and feel completely unfulfilled. Why? Because of unnecessary distraction and lack of the right support, leaving them completely off course. Live to Lead offers up the opportunity to gain insight, shift perspectives, and get inspired by listening to stories from everyday leaders just like you. I'm calling each and every one of you out right now to own your bold responsibility to lead powerfully today, tomorrow, and into the future. Are you with me? Good. Let's begin. So we're going to talk about emotional healing and let's just say it the way it is. Most people that are listening to podcasts are strong, they're successful, they're leaders, they're trying to up their game in leadership. They might have a type A personality, an alpha personality. They just love personal growth and development. They want to optimize their best self and they want to live their best life as much as possible. So that's just the way it is. So that's probably you. So we're talking about emotional healing. On the flip side of that coin, we usually are the strong people. We can conquer the world. We're unstoppable. Superman, superwoman, whatever. We sweep things under the carpet. We just close something. We move forward. We don't really take the time out to actually uncover some healing, especially emotional healing that we need to do because we're conquerors. We just close the door, boom, and we move on. The problem with that formula and that mentality is it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And a lot of times my friends and my clients that I have worked with over the years find themselves repeating the same storylines. They're still in those broken relationships. They're still not able to navigate past the same old triggers. They're having the same results and they're frustrated. Well, the reason why is because those spaces, those experiences were never truly healed because usually we're such go-getters. We move, we move, we move, we hustle. And so we don't take that time out because A, we convince ourselves we don't have the time to do that. B, sometimes people just don't want to be alone. They can't be alone. They feel like they're, what is that FOMO? They're, they're fear of missing out. So they don't take these emotional times of solitude to work through the healing process. So the reality is, unfortunately, then you never get past things and you never are able to receive the love and the experiences and the promotion and the life that you really are capable of. And in my eyes, that God has designed you to receive and to honor and to protect because you are still stuck in those open horrific emotional wounds. So what does healing even mean? Healing is the process of making or becoming sound or healthy again. Healthy again. That word again. See, we convince ourselves sometimes that we're fine. We're healthy. We're strong. We're going to do this thing. But in reality, healthy again. If we do not take that time out, then we really never became healthy. We never really lived through the experience and uncovered. Remember I said in the last episode, we have to uncover to recover. 
So we're going to talk about this emotional healing because it is so relevant. We all have pain points. We can't deny that we don't have pain points. Dreams will get bruised. People will turn on us. People will misunderstand us. Promises will get broken. We will experience loss. People will criticize us. The list goes on and on. And the reality is when we go through, we navigate some really tough times of, let's say, betrayal, abandonment, you know, you name it, we actually will keep carrying that experience with us. And what we do not repair, we repeat. If you take anything at all from today's podcast, I want you to take that. What we do not repair, we will repeat. So if you look at some of your toughest times in your life that you're like, oh my God, why does this keep happening? It's because you may have not repaired what needed to be repaired. So therefore you are repeating. And also let's not forget what you do not resolve, my friend, will not go away. It's not going to just disappear. Basically, it's waiting for an opportunity to come out. Think of that for a second. Think of that. So what you're not resolving is not going away. It is not hidden. It's not going to disappear. It basically is just waiting for that prime opportunity to come out and destroy what you have in life. So I was reading an article and it said, a trigger is a person, place, thing, action, or comment that reminds you of your past experience. Once the trigger arises, you no longer see the current situation as it truly is. Once triggered, you go back to feeling the pain from your past experience. You are overcome by these emotions and you react from that space. Wow, I thought this was super powerful. What my favorite part in this paragraph of this article I was reading was once a trigger arises, you no longer see the current situations as it truly is. You no longer see the current situation as it truly is. You're triggered to go back to a feeling. You're removing yourself from that current situation and you're putting yourself back in a place and an experience where this person or this event that you're moving through has no relevance. And you start to transfer the past experience to the current experience and you actually poison the well. And I love how it ends where it says that you are overcome by these emotions and you react from that space. You're not even responding. You're not even reacting from the current space. Isn't that sort of scary to you? That's super scary to me that the things that I have not healed or if I hadn't healed, I would have been reacting and responding from a past experience with a past person or a past group of people. And I would have used the past experience to actually make decisions in my current moment. Scary, scary stuff. So basically, unprocessed feelings start to come out and become damaging. Think about that. Unprocessed feelings start to come out and they become damaging. 
And I'll tell you what, even though I love go-getters and I love having the will to blast through past experiences and I love the strength and the ambition and the emotional cape that comes on, especially in my life, I love that unstoppable feeling. I really, really do. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of having the ability to navigate through tough times and not allow them to derail me. But that's not so heroic because of that, there have been times and situations that I didn't actually do the work, the emotional work I needed to do. Here's a sad, sad reality and a sad experience. And I use this example a lot with my clients. This is a really sad time for me to even really talk about. But when my mother had passed away, the three days before her death, her dream was to, and her wish was to die at home. That's really what she wanted to do. But her pain and her suffering got so bad at home that the doctor had to tell me that she really had to go into hospice because what she needed to be comfortable during this time, I wasn't able to give her. Um, I made the decision and I, my mom and I were best friends. I knew she would have wanted to be comfortable. She would have wanted me not to have the emotional burden of watching her suffer. She would know that my heart needed peace. So I agreed and we went to hospice. I never left her side. She was in hospice for about three days and I'll never forget it for the first I guess about day and a half or so she was very restless she wasn't getting sleep I felt like she was uncomfortable and then this Monday morning or actually I would say that Sunday evening going into Monday she was at peace like she slept so well she looked like she had color back in her face she seemed a little bit more alert than normal and I remember waking up Monday morning and I remember having this peace and I had convinced myself that oh my gosh I think she's actually getting better and just to give you background information my master's degree is in gerontology and if you haven't heard of that before that is the study of aging and as a gerontologist one of our primary focuses or areas areas of discipline study is death and dying. So I knew end stages of life. I knew the psychological barriers that get in the way, but for some reason I was not a gerontologist. I was a daughter losing her mother. So I sat there beside her on that Monday. And I remember the doctor coming in and basically telling me that nothing else was keeping her alive except for her oxygen. And my mom always told me, do not let anything artificial keep me alive. If I am not coming back, if my organs are failing, Kristen, don't keep me on any kind of life support whatsoever, nothing. And so I remember hearing that in my head and the doctor saying, really, the oxygen is the only thing keeping her alive at this point. So we had collectively as a family made a decision that we would remove her from oxygen. And it was probably, not even probably, it was the single single hardest decision I ever had to make in my life. It was almost like I was playing God with my mother's life. She had brought me into this world and I was making a decision of how she was going to leave the world. It was really, really tough. We did that and she um, ended up, we ended up making that decision the next day and she passed away the next day on a Tuesday. But my point in this story is after she passed away, I, I remember they had come 
they had to remove the body. And as they were wheeling my mom to the elevator, I was packing up my stuff in that pink room and there was all these angel statues everywhere. But I was packing up my stuff. I had my laptop. I was an online professor because I had decided to stay home to take care of my mother for a year. I left my big corporate career and started becoming an online professor. And it's because I was not going to leave my mom. So anyway, so literally they're waiting at the elevator with my mother on the gurney covered up because she had passed away. And I remember walking by the elevator and going into the room that was sort of right next to her hospice room she had passed away and I brought out my laptop and I remember a friend of mine said what are you doing and at that time my ex-husband was a police officer in Colorado and he was there and he was on duty that day and he even said what what are you doing I said I have to grade papers I just I have to grade papers I have to get some emails out and I literally dropped into the space of my mother has passed away And now I have to make this shift. I have to be strong. I have to keep life stable and consistent. And I went right into working literally moments after my mom had passed away because it was my way of protecting myself. And it took me actually for the first year that my mother was gone almost every week hospice would send some kind of letter. At this point, you should be feeling this. We're here for you. They offered free counseling, free therapy, everything. And I would just throw all of that away. And I never moved through or worked through my mother's death until years later. And that got in the way. So my point is we don't always have to be strong. And when we are strong or we think we're strong, guess what? It doesn't go away. It just doesn't go away. It will repeat itself. So let's go ahead and talk about what we need to know about healing. You need to be brave enough to take the time to heal, my friend. It's important to heal. Being brave is all about healing. Your heart, unlike your body in many cases, cannot heal itself. Our hearts cannot heal itself. Either the power of prayer or something has to be in conjunction with your will to heal. It just is not going to automatically one day you're going to wake up and say you're healed, you're good. You can't just replace your pain with another story. Can we just really feel that for a second? If you do not take the time to heal, we become an emotional mess of accumulated injuries. Wow. Think about that. An accumulated mess of injuries. That just is incredible to me. How have I used my faith to move through healing? And I encourage you to do the same. I have seriously consistently prayed during times of emotional pain, emotional letdown. I trust God and his will and his plan for me in my life and his process. And I know God's healing love can and will heal any emotional wound of mine. But I also know that I have to do the work too. And I encourage you to do the work. I encourage you to embrace your power to shift any negative effects to positive outcomes. In order to do that, you need to take the time to heal. Uncover, discover what you're doing over and over again, what behavior you're doing, what you're losing out on, what you're missing out on, and decide is that because it's an area in your life that you did not heal. If you do not deal with it, my friend, in the front end, it will catch up with you on the back end. Until we talk again, my friend, be unstoppable.